Hello and welcome to the Evity Lab podcast. My name is Sam and I'm here with my good friend AJ. Hey there. Together we review movies, TV shows, and streaming content. Today on the podcast, we have my law school classmate and dear, dear friend, Brim Baker, who is a fellow cinephile and just all around great guy. What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. What is it you want, Barry? You, you want the moon? I want the truth! I see dead people. You shall not pass! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. This is Sparta! I am your father. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us all unite! Underworld, released in 2003, tells the story of Selene, a vampire warrior who is entrenched in an epic conflict between vampires and werewolves, while falling in love with Michael, a human who is sought by werewolves for unknown reasons. I was telling AJ Brian, or no, so I always want to say Brian. It's all good. Everybody does. <laughs> you should call him Brian. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like four old fashions deep, so this is probably going to be our best episode yet. Oh, hell yeah. I had a couple cocktails as well, so we're it's perfect time to talk about Underworld. Oh, you fucking drunk asses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready. God damn, this movie is rough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Bryn, I feel like we've gotten off on the wrong foot because this movie happens to be close to my heart. Um, probably one of the greatest <laughs> oh, no. cinematic masterpieces to come out in 2003. You were like in fifth grade when this came out. Yeah, how could this be close to your heart? I saw this when I was in, I think sometime in high school, I discovered it. I guess the first thing to draw me in, there was two things. One, I thought the visual aesthetic of the film with the dark lighting and the bluish tones was pretty sweet in terms of the color or like the look of it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also I thought the lore behind it was pretty sweet with the whole age old tale of fighting between the vampires and the lichens was a cool backdrop to the more modern day setting. It's super developed. It goes into even greater detail if you watch the other movies, but I thought this movie was it did it what it needed to in terms of setting up like why they were fighting and the whole history behind it. Whether you like it or not, you're in the middle of a war that's been raging for the better part of a thousand years. A blood feud between vampires and lichens. So I think this is a fairly mediocre movie, but the the real interesting thing. Okay, well, it, fuck you, but yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> mediocre. That's what I'm, I'm putting it out there. But the lore itself of like the origin of vampires and werewolves, I think is is interesting and the societies, you know, they're developing. And I think it's an inconsistent presentation, but you can see why they made four movies out of it because they put some meat in there. It almost feels like a comic book. Six. They didn't make six. It's uh, how many is it? It's like I thought five. It was four. No, no, no. They, they were working on six. I don't think it happened though. No, hold on one second. Underworld movies. No, because I'm seeing there's one in 03, this one, 06, 09. Oh, dude, there are six. <laughs> what? What's the sixth one? There's Underworld 2003, 
Underworld Evolution, Underworld Rise of the Lycans, Underworld Endless War, Underworld Awakening, and Underworld Blood Wars was the most recent in yeah. 2016. The 2011 one, I'm not seeing on Rotten Tomatoes at all at the moment, but I'm I mean, sure. can you blame them though? I looked up the budget for the first one. It was like 20 or 22 million they spent on it, and it made like 95 million dollars. This is some theater clickbait, I would say. <laughs> I don't know what, Bryn, What did you think of it initially? I mean, obviously, like I'm being like over dramatic when I say it's super rough. Like it's it's really not that bad of a movie. Like it's it's entertaining and everything. It's just it's very kind of gothic. The pitch is like a Nine Inch Nails music video, but a movie basically. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say My Chemical Romance, but that works, too. I was just thinking Nine Inch Nails because of like the early 2000s shtick. There's a lot to like about like the lore and how it's shot because I'm sure for 2003, this was like pretty freaking cool looking. Yeah. One of the crazy things that stuck out to me too is this was written by Danny McBride. Like Kenny fucking Powers wrote this goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. What else has he done? He did the Halloween remake. The most recent one? Yeah. Yeah. And then like a bunch of HBO comedy shows too. I mean, he went on to write pretty much all of these movies. Yeah. he. I mean, he must have made a good amount of money off of this. Good Lord. I mean, just the crazy guns. They've all got like tech nines and Kate Beckinsale has like an automatic handgun. It felt very much like a early 2000s action film because to me, most of these action scenes are chaotic nonsense with just mindless machine gun spray of just like, bow, 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 like all over the room. I can't really tell what's happening. Like, it doesn't make sense. It feels a little cheap. And there's also a lot of Matrix-esque slow motion. And this is around the time of the Matrix series, too. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, that'll make shit look real cool. (laughs) So it's just all over this movie. (laughs) What's the name of the super old evil vampire that comes into play? Uh, Victor. Yeah. It reminds me of the way that our minds worked when we were in high school. And we thought, oh, this would look cool on film. Like, yeah, he's hooked up to these blood vat things. And he's like threatening and then they're in this war with werewolves and vampires and they use guns big guns and they go boom boom and (laughs) oh yeah this guy he becomes like a hybrid between werewolves and vampires and then that's gonna happen and they have a big fight at the end (laughs) i mean i guess that's why i liked it or wanted to do this movie you dug it when when you're in high school i could totally see that you like yeah just like a a kid being in high school and be like man that movie's fucking cool (laughs) yeah fun movie Yeah, it is fun. I'll I'll give it that. But I feel like there was almost some technical limitations in how they developed this. Like if it was made in in this year, I think it would look very different. And I'm sure the other movies look even better. Um, But it's notable to me that in a movie about werewolves and vampires in a war, all the confrontations between the two like species are a bunch of uh, dramatic and weird stare downs. Like you don't really see vampires fighting werewolves unless they're duking it out with these gun sprays. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I think one of the more notable scenes to me in, in the beginning was there was just like a werewolf staring and growling at a vampire who was also growling. And then the werewolf tackled him. Ah! 
And I feel like if you develop this movie today, you could make that look a little cooler than some still shots that don't connect really well. Seeing the realistic look of the lichen and people being able to interact with that versus like a pure CG thing. It's very in the later films, they do more CG type stuff like that. And I think it takes away from it. And I like seeing the squibs or wolf type stuff on that. I assumed that they didn't use a lot of CG because it would look corny as shit, but also it would be really technically difficult to, or at least it wouldn't look as good. I think having a real actor duke it out with a CG werewolf, it would just look bad. And that's probably why most of these shots are like uh, practical effects, CG crossover werewolf, like staring at a, at a vampire and then an off scenes tackle or something. Yeah. I mean, it's like an hour 34 into the film. You see this lichen facing out with this guy with whips and the transformation is like simple distortion type of visual effects. And then when the actual fighting starts between the two, it's a practical body. And you can just see the way the light reflects off of it and the moisture on his body. The blend between the two, it works for what it needs to do. There's also like a kind of a weird sequence. Michael Sheen's character. Lucian? Yeah, Lucian. Yeah, yeah, where he's like squeezes the bullets out of his body. (laughs) And it just looks... Just like pop it out and it just looks hilarious, but it's like realistically like a pretty cool practical effect that they were able to do that. He's trying to poop really hard and then he just squeezes the bullets out. Yeah, that's what it is. But he just was like a super badass lichen. I, that's probably what it is. I guess we don't see him as full on lichen ever, like uh, like a full wolf. I know Lucian bites Michael the first time to give him lichen powers, but is it Selena who bites him to become a vampire then too? Uh, yes, I, she she does do so, that at yeah. the end. That's how he how he becomes a hybrid werewolf vampire. Why does she bite him though? Because Michael is dying because he just got the shit beaten out of him by Victor, and so the only way that. Her, her name is Celine, the main character. The only way that she can save him is by biting him to activate his vampiriness because, you know, the, we, the audience, and Celine learn that he is a part of this rare lineage that can be both a vampire and a werewolf. And so, yeah, her biting him was, was saving him from mortality, I guess. Maybe that's a metaphor for life and how we all need to embrace both our lycanthropy and vampirism parts of ourselves like maybe it's like a a metaphor for embracing both republican democrat side (laughs) of life (laughs) like it can't be one or the other it has to be a blend of the two to be a better utopia oh Oh, yeah yeah. it works too because there's like that weird like the underplot that's running through the whole thing like the corvinus plot or whatever the hell that's that's called that's the lineage the you're talking about right like dangerously close to coronavirus, baby. <laughs> sure, that's right. <laughs> it's, I, I feel, I feel like you know, Victor is warning about the dangers of race mixing. So, you know, it's <laughs> that, that, so it's a little racist. <laughs> yeah, that, this. Yeah, Victor is like they, they just sort of kind of like a neo-Nazi cult. You know, just oh, you can't mix blood. I can actually, I see that a little bit. Maybe that's what they based him off of. Yeah, yeah, right. Because I mean, because clearly Michael as a dual vampire. Lycan is a, a super being, and so why wouldn't you want that 
rather than a bunch of inbreeding vampires. Although I guess vampires don't breed. They just make new vampires by biting people. Although if you watch the later films, Selena and Michael definitely bang. Oh, damn. It's it's Celine, by the way, not Selena. Stop calling Still, her that, bro. I'm going to call her Selena from now on, so please <laughs> disregard AJ's comments. Yeah, I thought you were the biggest fan of these movies, Sam. <laughs> Again, I'm like four old-fashioned deep, so take everything I say with a grain of uh, orange. Also, I don't think they actually bang. Not in this film. In the later films, oh, they do. in later films. Yeah, that makes sense. They have a really lame like, kiss in this one. Yeah, I think their romance is deeply unconvincing and forced. It sucks. I'll be real. Victor will know what to do. I'll come back tomorrow night. I'm not staying here alone. You will if you want to live. No, I want to go with you. If you watch the last film in the series, it's even worse because they're just putting random stuff together to try to make somewhat of a story and it's all just weird action. I mean, I appreciate it for just being able to watch Kate Beckinsale as Celine because uh, she still looks hot as hell and she is, uh, she's 47 years old and looks like a freaking babe still. I mean, yeah, so she's the, you know, the sexy werewolf hunting vampire protagonist, but I think she is a deeply uncompelling character and I don't think well performed at all. Like in the, yeah, in this in this first film, I mostly I don't think she adds much other than a bunch of moody stares. Like <laughs> she doesn't add a lot of interesting dialogue. It's just like her staring at a window or her just looking angry. And this romance with Michaels just it, there's there's no meat to it. She's not a good character. I, I don't think it's necessarily all her fault. I think most of the characters in this movie are some combination of a weak performance or poorly written. And I think the only exception to that are Michael Sheen's Lucian, who has some good moments, and Victor. Yeah, those two are the only that are a good gothic performance. I I guess I'm in agreement that (laughs) Kate Beckinsale is just more or less eye candy. Yeah, and she's just moody as fuck, and she just stares menacingly. She can do some of the action stuff pretty well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I think... This 2003 action shit kind of isn't great, but she does do it. She She's like, she does what they do well. Right. But I do think the worst character, what was his name? Craven? Like the kind of, the, the turncoat vampire. I don't know what his deal was. I don't know if it was accent or what. He just sounded like he belongs in a Panic at the Disco video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yeah. he was just not good and weird and... I don't know what his voice was, but it was, it, it felt very unnatural. <laughs> yeah, he was like in a completely different movie. I literally, in my notes, I wrote like Craven is the worst actor yeah. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he, by, a, by a long shot, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's awful. You know I was planning on having you at my side this evening. Take Erica, she's dying to be at your side. If you ask me, you take this warrior business far too seriously. You can't undo the past. No matter how many you kill. I don't even remember who the hell you guys are talking about. Who is Craven? He's the vampire leading the the clan while Victor's asleep. So like oh. he's ruling as kind of like the steward. And uh, remember, he made a deal with Lucian. Is he the black guy? No, 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 no. He's white with like black hair. Yeah, it's funny that you don't really remember him. <laughs> See, I, and it's just so funny because, yeah, I am the one who's like, let's do this movie. And then, and then I can't remember <laughs> <half of> it. <laughs> like, you about it. 
<laughs> like this is going to be so fun to do this movie and i'm like what was uh, who, the point of this that guy and the character's name is selena gomez and <laughs> <laughs> expect me to believe that a mangy animal came up with the bullets specifically engineered to kill vampires no i'm betting it's military we should gather the death dealers and head back down there in force absolutely not not now not for a random incursion you have to admit though okay if we jump ahead through all the crazy stuff going on in this whole movie, trying to put together the crazy plot and backstory and the love, the romance and the fighting and the infighting that end scene where it's the fight between Michael, Victor and Celine was pretty dope. No, no, no. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to break your heart again. I think that was by far unequivocally the worst scene in the film. <laughs> oh, God. The battle scene is rough. <laughs> okay. Bryn, break it down for us. Why do you not like it? It just was nonsense. Like the cutting was all weird. It just was not very climactic. Like, I mean, granted, like AJ said, the action sequences aren't, they leave a lot to be desired just because the nature of the time it was made in, I guess. Are you guys watching the same film I'm watching? Victor throws Michael through a fucking wall. Yeah. So like the hand on hand combat was, I mean, it's like fine. Victor's, you know, strangling Michael at the end here and Celine comes to the rescue uh, and Celine does this. Maybe it wasn't cliche at this time, but a very dramatic slow motion samurai style jump in which she apparently slices with microscopic precision through Victor's head. As she lands, he turns around and he like whips out some knives and he's like ready to fight. But then he realizes and starts to feel the fact that his head is in fact cut in two and then it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's it's what I describe as a, a whiffing climax. Like we're, we're about to get this this big duel between the head vampire and Celine, But instead, it's just like this cop out. Like, I don't know if if there's something that's supposed to be magical about the mythical anatomy of a vampire, but the fact that he, like, can do all these actions while his head has been split in two before he realizes it is, I think, pretty, pretty weak. It's pretty bad. (laughs) You know where I think they got the inspiration from that? And maybe I'm wrong because I don't know if it came up before that was the Resident Evil movies where they have a scene where the people are going through like a laser tunnel and the security wall or system gets tripped and these lasers come out and they cut the people in like different, like a half or like shapes and stuff. And I wonder if they got inspiration from that. I'm like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Or like even kill bill. where yeah, uh, That's right. The main character. I can't remember her name now, which is sad. Uh, slices the one Asian lady in half on her head. Uma Thurman and Lucy Liu, right? Yeah is a great homage to samurai action movies. And so that's where this this kind of thing comes from, you know, where two samurai run past each other and with their uh, swords drawn. And then after a few seconds, they're still staring at each other. But then one of them falls. That's what this is. What you don't know in the next movie is Celine faces off against an even older vampire that's more ancient. And that battle is more drawn out and brought up to level 11 versus this one. It was more within the boundaries of their budget and I guess sort of storytelling of it. <laughs> sure. Well, well, now that you spoiled the movie, you know, like, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> I, 
is that the guy that's getting woken up at the end of this movie? I bet you it is. I think so. Yeah, it actually. Okay, so in the second movie, the main villain is Marcus Corvinus. He's one of two main antagonists. He is a pure vampire hybrid who attacks using talons and his wings. You said pure vampire hybrid. That's kind of contradictory. Is he a vampire? <laughs> That's what it says on Google. <laughs> what? That's some bullshit. <laughs> I would have to watch this movie again because I don't even remember the plot of this movie. But I know a little bit that it explores more the backstory of Lucius and everything. Like his kind of... It's Lucian, but go on. AJ <laughs> <laughs> is just pronunciation police on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's, just, it's Selena and Lucius. And <laughs> uh, he's four old fashions deep. You gotta give him some <laughs> here. I mean, no freaking like any any sort of leniency in these goddamn podcasts that we no, do. I, I just want you to know the names of the characters. That's all I want. The chain has never been broken. Not once. Not in 14 centuries. Not since we elders first began to leapfrog through time. One awake, two asleep. That's the way of it. It is Marcus's turn to reign, not mine. As a character, the second guy, Marcus, is more scary when he's like in his vampire form. But story-wise, Victor was he's like the better actor. So if you watch the second one, just know that. <laughs> You usually do this, Sam, but I'll I'll ask you what 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 do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes, and then I'll ask you, Brent. Um, I'm gonna guess like a 99 percent fresh. Oh, a 99 percent. All right, all right. I would honestly say it's probably gonna be higher than I think it is. I bet it's like 70 or 80. You think so? Okay, that's are, are those your final answers? No, I'll, I would like to change mine. You all right? Give me your give me a real one, Sam. 100% fresh. 100%. All right. Sam thinks that is a 100% critic approval movie. It's got a 31%. The uh, audience rating is like 71. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny because this 31% in this first movie is the highest that uh, any of the Underworld movies ever get on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> This is collusion. This is false advertisement. This is an election that has been frauded, full of fraud. And I I really am saddened that you put this information out there because it's just not true. Yeah, I feel you. The, the ballot machines for Rotten Tomatoes were overtaken by uh, Hugo Chavez or whatever. Obviously. Yeah. We had Dominion running running the <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Vote. Yeah, I think the, the Dominion voting machines really screwed this one you up. Know, I think you're right, you know Victor was in there messing with the voting and the reviews. Explain this to me, Sam. Why why would Victor want the, the, the rating spiked? Obviously, it would help his bloodline, dude, because more people are going to want to volunteer their blood to like be like, let's boost the ratings of this movie. And then they'll go to his lair and... Um, yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. Just use your brain, dude. Think about it. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a, a four old-fashioned answer. Brin, that, that sounds Brin good to obviously me. gets it. <laughs> yeah. Brent understands. That's why we need him here is because he can, he can really vibe with your reasoning here. This definitely makes sense to me, for sure. And I mean, he's dead, so he definitely would care about the Rotten Tomato score, too. Yeah, that's a good point. I totally forgot that he was dead. I was confused at first because he was moving when his head was split in two. So I thought maybe True. he was still alive. Little did you know in Underworld 7, he's coming back, motherfuckers. Is he? You know, <laughs> it's funny because I was, I was Googling things about this. And 
what's her name? Kate Beckinsale was asked about doing like another movie. And apparently she was like, nah, I've done tons of those movies. (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't sound like she's super interested in continuing the series, but she has apparently cashed in on uh, six entries thus far. Yeah. She'll say that as as long as uh, she's got money until she needs another big baby. Yeah. You know, actually, now that I think of it, she's probably just playing hard to get like, uh, I'm not really interested. And then they're like, all right, what if we give you $15 million? And she'd be like, okay, I I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, final thoughts, you guys on the movie, different things you want to talk about. And then would you recommend this movie to people to watch with their loving families? Yeah, I would just say I, I did find the the lore to be interesting. And I, I think that's the best part of the movie by far is just it seems like a like a pretty neat development, um, even if, you know, the movie's deeply imperfect. I, I think that's by far the I think it keeps it above the lower end of mediocrity, if that makes sense. I think I would recommend it to people who are fans of this kind of genre. I don't know what I would necessarily classify as like like fantasy action or. Uh, gothic action i don't know but it's like it's watchable and if you're into the genre i think it would be fun i agree with what aj said i think that the lore is probably like the best like kernel of a good idea in this movie but i don't i don't think i would really recommend this to anybody unless i knew that they were like into like really dark morose vampire shit oh yeah that's 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 a good descriptor but then also I had one final thought, like, why, why don't these people wear comfy clothes? Like are vampires not aw- allowed to wear sweats? Like they're all wearing leather and like frilly collars and shit. Like, I just don't get it. Bryn, do you want to watch Celine in sweatpants or tight ass leather, dude? I mean, it's the same thing, right? They're both tight, aren't they? It can be. I mean, if you're talking, I mean, completely with this. The few times that Celine is walking through the little vampire manor, you know, all the vampires are just kind of hanging out in very formal clothes, like it's a dinner party at, at all times. <laughs> and yeah, they they take themselves very seriously, and they they strike me as pretentious a bit. And uh, you know, as as we talked about earlier, how Victor is very against race mixing, it makes sense as kind of like a neo Nazi vibe for sure. Vampires maybe don't sweat, but if they do, imagine how stinky their clothes are after doing all this action all the time. Yeah, it's constantly raining, too. (laughs) It is raining a lot. I'll tell you what, though. I would sniff all the sweat off of Kate Beckinsale's gross clothes all the time. Jesus, PG, man. This is a family-friendly podcast. Fantastic podcast material. <laughs> Cobra said this was a family podcast. Oh, it's a family-friendly podcast. Like grandmas and and little kids are listening to this everywhere, and suddenly they're invaded with images of you sniffing sweaty, sweaty clothes. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this has been a absolute pleasure to review this movie that I made us review that I couldn't remember half of. You, you got to be consistent. You got to ask uh, what we would rate it out of out of a. All right, all right. Out of ten sweaty Kate Beckinsales, how many sweaty Kate Beckinsales would you guys give it? I'd give it a five and a half sweaty Kate Beckinsales, and I would give it a six sweaty Kate Beckinsales. And you know, for me, it's going to be a ten out of ten sweaty Kate Beckinsales. 
There it is, baby. Sam, Sam, you think this is a perfect movie? There's I like it. Nothing wrong with the dude. You got action. You got sweaty, sexy vampires. You got freaking lichens. You got the dark blue <laughs> tint to the whole movie. There's nothing flawed with the movie at all. All right, I, I I like it, Sam. That's some moxie. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here for it. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Video Lab Podcast. Brandon, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you via voice. And we hope to have you on again in the future. Where uh, you have any shout outs for everybody? You want to shout out your Facebook <laughs> or your, your direct message if you want people to sex, sexy, sweaty photos of sweatpants? <laughs> I don't have any material to shout out at all, no. But uh, I like to keep my sweaty uh, pics private, I guess. But I really you guys having me on and uh hope we can do it again sometime i guess we'll maybe do a better movie in aj's mind next time where you can maybe dwell more into like deeper ideas but i don't know how you go beyond this so again cinematic masterpiece well i was gonna discuss that with you because i thought we could potentially delve into tv land finally and review season two of the mandalorian if you were caught up I am, and I'm willing. Let's do it. All right. Review is season two of The Mandalorian. Coming soon to your sweaty pants. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, be sure to email us at thevideolabpodcast at gmail.com. You can find my review for this movie and other movies at my blog, asajthinks.com. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening until next time see ya peace